Hi, I'm Graham Lasso, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat with Chris, Craig, and Brady. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat pod. On today's pod, we review a frustrating away draw at Bournemouth. We're going to do some form temperature checks after that nil-nil. And Brady and I are going to battle it out in the quiz once again with Craig. It's the Quizmaster General. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and a good friend Brady. How's it going, boys? Did you miss me? Very much so, yeah. But um, yeah, I've been. Uh, it's been a long sleep since yesterday afternoon at two p.m. Till now, just woken up, sent me to sleep for uh, for a good twenty four hours. So yeah, don't know don't know what else to say about that game. Yeah, I was away in Lille, which was a certain uh, a place where Eden Hazard started his game. So started his career. So it was uh, it was ironic to watch chance after chance go begging in Eden Hazard's backyard. But yeah, not good. No goals. But yeah. Didn't lose, I suppose, but yeah, not a good game, really. Kind of a garden centre game, really, wasn't it? Sunday afternoon, quite boring. Yeah, it's uh, it's just one win in five for the Blues. And this was a, a nil-nil draw um, where Chelsea uh, actually had, again, most of the possession, 64% uh, versus Bournemouth, 36 uh, Again, quite high pass, actually, with 85%. Uh, six shots on target for Chelsea out of 14 shots. Um, that was to Bournemouth's four on target of their 13 shots. Um, and, well, four out of four saves for, uh, for Sanchez as well, which was nice. Um, how do we see this one go down um, against the Cherries on Saturday, Craig? Well, it's just a very frustrating game to watch. Um, I thought the first half was was not too bad. I thought we we you know looked like you know needed to step up a notch second half, but you know something to build on for sure but second half was just so poor and again just posh unfortunately even more players injured over the international break just no options off the bench to really affect the game um apart from Cole Palmer and yeah just a just a really disappointing drab nil nil we had Alfie Gilchrist Alex Matos and Ronnie Stutter and two goalkeepers on the bench and David Washington, <laughs> but yeah, I guess only Cole Palmer, Ben Chilwell, and Marks, and the kind of recognised threats that you could actually utilise within the, the game. Yeah, I mean, it was it's, it's difficult injuries to it's definitely to put these games into context, isn't it? I mean, I think also the little thing that's been blown over a little bit of the narrative of Potch and whatnot being under pressure and uh, the formations and whatnot, maybe some of the tactical errors he's making is that. You know, after the international break, these games are quite it's quite a difficult game as it is, and we're completely in transition. Can't score a goal for love and the money, and we've got some, we've got about we've got twelve players out. I mean, at least and probably at least four or five players out. I mean, there's been a lot going around. You know, they've got twelve players out. In reality, you've only got four or five first team play, you know starters that'll be out. That is half your team, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's right. But like the the main thing what we can skirt around it and talk about it. The main thing is we generated one point five eight um, xg. We didn't score a goal. And when you do that, when you generate 2xG, or near 2xG that we've been doing, and we very similar to the West Ham game, I think we generated somewhere around there in the Forest game. 
If you do that and go and score, it's tough to win football matches whether you're playing well or not. And look, I do think Poch is making a few errors. I think some of his substitutions are a bit dodgy. Uh, I think some of the tactical stuff he could do a bit differently. You could say that he maybe could have played Chilwell yesterday instead of Colwell. Whatever you like, but if you're not scoring goals, he can't put goals in himself. And this is a long-term. Pro- this is kind of a long-existing problem for Chelsea. If you just don't score enough goals, so um, so yeah, as simple as that. Unless we start scoring goals, it's going to be a problem to win games. No, I think it. I think it came out that Ben Chilwell was injured yesterday. Right. Like, right. Can play nineteen. That was a bit. That's that's almost reassuring because it was a bit bizarre that he was benched. Um, yeah, I think it would have been nice to maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Silver would have dropped out and maybe we would have played Colwell left centre back. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, it's just the case of a. It's a bit of a soap opera at the moment, Chelsea. You could just call it chance poor poor chance conversion and bad injuries. I mean, it's been going on for years and years, and it just keeps going on. So uh, hopefully, it will rectify soon enough. Yeah, I thought the the game was. I don't think he got the right people in the positions again. I don't think the balance. I think for the first time since the first, if we look at like the first four Premier League matches, we've controlled the game quite for long periods. It felt like it was really end to end this one, and I think that came down to the midfield changes he made, mainly because of the injuries, um, but also the positions and the, the the players took up. I think Gallagher was a real problem in the in the midfield for us. And that left Enzo completely isolated. Um, and you can see it in the numbers. I've got the numbers here for Enzo. Um, if you look back at his kind of first four games, he's averaging about 100 touches. Uh, Liverpool 112, West Ham 124, Luton 78, Forest 111. Just 53 touches for Enzo against Bournemouth. And he just wasn't in the game and you could see it with... There was too many gaps in midfield. Bournemouth creating too many chances. They actually had quite a high XG. And we just couldn't score any of our chances, which probably would have helped us settle down in the game a bit more. But it was very frantic. And I think the biggest disappointment for me for the game was the last sort of five, ten minutes. We have no urgency to try and score a goal. And I don't know where if that's come from last season into this season, but we're taking too long on goal kicks throw-ins, set-pieces. No one's like, rushing around to score. We're not lumping it up in the last minute. You know, people. The game ended with Cole Palmer just sort of dribbling around. I mean, it's so bizarre. And I, I expected this from Potter last season, but I thought it'd be a bit different under Posh and it just seems to be more of the same, unfortunately, in that sense. You know, I definitely, I definitely agree that the urgency in the game from minute one wasn't there yesterday. Um, I'm not sure why that was. Obviously, it is hard to play a game straight after the international break. What I would say is I did see that in the Liverpool game and at the start of the season, a lot more than I'm seeing now. So I don't know whether it's sort of a natural lull we've got into. or, But yeah, it definitely needs to change. I mean, just going back to the chance conversion stuff, Simon Athletic... uh, Just talking about the chance conversion stuff, Simon Johnson, the Athletic, he wrote a piece today for how not to score. I mean... We should have, our expected goals is 10, and that's above Arsenal, Man United, Tottenham, West Ham. It's basically the same as Brighton. I mean, Brighton's is the same as ours, and we, we, and we, they scored 15 and we've scored five. You know, you just can't, you know, I agree that there's some um, tactical niggles and maybe the energy isn't there, but I think the team are just very conscious they can't score a goal and they're maybe trying a bit too hard and they're just like, it's not, it's not flowing. And, also, Pep's having to chop and change the team a little bit. This time he brought Mudrick in. He played a four at the back. 
Then Madrid played pretty well in the first half, but faded away and he was subbed off. I just think in general, the confidence of scorer is not there and that will just generally just... Well, when managers start, even when Pep started in the, in the Premier League years ago, you're going to make mistakes. Pep made mistakes when he came in and Poch is going to make some mistakes. I think he made quite a few mistakes in his Tottenham career. But yeah, Harry Kane to paper over the cracks. I think the players just need to help the manager out a bit in terms of the attack and just score some more goals. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, if we, it doesn't matter about how we play or the energy. If we score one goal a game, and that's actually the amount that we scored last year, we scored 38 goals last year, you're not going to come above 12. So it doesn't matter how we play and all that. We need to score more goals. And if we, unless we do, well, it's going to be a problem. And we haven't had hard fixtures at all. And we've only scored five goals. So very worrying in that sense. And three of those came against Luton. Yeah. And if you look at the defence, I mean, we've scored, we've def- we, from open play, we've conceded three goals. I mean, uh, we, we've conceded from a corner, a penalty and three open play goals. The defence isn't, isn't really that much of an issue. Okay, Bournemouth were lively yesterday. They generated one XG. Sanchez had a good game, which we'll probably talk about in attempts. But our defence is pretty good and it was pretty good last season. Um, the, the issue is the attack. You need to score two goals a game in this league to get top four. We're nowhere near that. So... We can kind of nitpick and say we could do this and the midfield we didn't lack energy. It doesn't matter. The midfield can be as energetic as they want. We don't score. We're not coming above 12. So that is the immediate problem that needs fixing for Poch for me. How does he go about fixing that? What do we think? Um, I don't really have an answer for how he goes about fixing the goal-scoring problem. I mean, it's the, the chances are there to be created. At the end of the day, the manager's there that sort of tactically set up the team in a way that's congruent to winning matches. He's definitely, in my opinion, doing that to to an extent. I guess like confidence, trying to trying to breathe some confidence into the players would be uh, would be helpful. I knew noticed yesterday he was asked about Mudrik and he sort of said, you know, he's improving. He still needs to learn. He needs time. He needs to understand the game better and try and be more connected with the team. Um, we need to give him the tools and time to improve. So I, I think like Mudrick's a good example of a player that obviously is nowhere near the level that we need right now, but is someone that potentially he's going to give time and confidence to with more minutes coming up. If he can stay fit, Mudrick, it would be. I think he'll he'll get a run in the team now because uh, I think M- Madweke is injured. Sterling's playing well on the right. He doesn't really have any competition for that left wing spot. Um, and he's a player, you know, we need our wingers to score. Sterling, you know, chipped in was our top goal scorer in the Premier League last year and has chipped in already with a couple this year, including a fantastic goal against um, Luton. You know, the wingers need to contribute with goals and Mudrick will have a chance, I think, to to contribute over the next uh, few weeks. Sir. I mean, it's, it's difficult to know how we're going to solve this problem. I was going to read out a tweet that Liam Tooney from The Athletic uh, posted yesterday. Got a lot of love. A few weeks ago in a Man City shirt, Cole Palmer would have opened up his body up there and curled a shot towards the far post about second thought. Why do all these guys become so indecisive as soon as they get to Chelsea? It's bizarre. It's true. I think a lot of these players, they're all professional footballers. You know, in the training clips, they're all banging it top corner. They know how to score a goal. You just need to take some self-responsibility. You know, you can do confident... Uh, maybe even just get into some sort of a circle, kind of like a meeting in the dressing room and just chat amongst the attack, just the attack, and get, like, get them pumped them up because... The defenders are saying you've got to score more. And this has been going on for a long time. I mean, we used to talk about Havertz, Werner, all these players. It's systematic. It's systematic and almost generational when it comes to Chelsea at the moment. Even going, basically, since Hazard left, we've struggled to score. So these players need to take responsibility and start scoring more goals. Simple. It's not down to the manager for, the, for them to be finishing easy chances. So for me, they've just got to take more responsibility and just 
just get have better technique. It's simple as that for me, really. I think I'd like to see us train a bit more on some passages of play. Doesn't feel like we're doing that. I mean, the best stuff we saw was probably Madrick and Jackson on Sunday. And they they worked well. They connected, you know, play the ball in, receive it, play it again. Um, we didn't see enough of that. And I feel like that's a direction of play. We're not pushing the play down the sides where it's looking good. And that's a, you know, that for me stems from the people who are controlling the ball. And unfortunately, the person who had the most touches in the game yesterday was Gusto. So all of that good play was happening mostly down the right. Um, and it didn't really materialise much into to anything down the right. It was all the good chances came from the left. So I think there's a there's a case for it doesn't look like we know how to really create good chances in the game. Um, we're not. It doesn't look like we're going over constant patterns of play. Um, and I'd like to see us try and do that a little bit more often. Like even if it's a bit boring to watch, but. If Sterling's getting it and Gusto's overlapping and they're constantly doing it, eventually it'll work. But it just seems to be a little bit chaotic and it's kind of a little bit mixed. And you can see that with the chances we're creating. There's no real clear-cut chances. No one's getting through one-on-one, really. Um, Jackson, Jackson, you know, he had a good effort from long distance. Um, Gallagher's chance was probably the best one we created, really. The rest of them, we had a free kick and, a, and then some scrambles in the box. But we're not. I don't think we're creating real top quality chances from. I would say patterns of play that you see with the top teams like City and Arsenal and Liverpool to an extent. So, um, I think there's a lot to be worked on in the training ground still. Yeah, what yeah. I would say is just to push back to that is that I think XG sort of does reflect the quality of chances that you get. That's like expected goals with the with the chances. So I think that is sort of reflecting the quality of the chances, and that sort of why we're comparable with a lot of the top teams and, and better than Arsenal and stuff like that. It's not just, you know, pot shots or whatever. It's it's good quality chances as well. It's it's also just, just sort of, again, a macro point. is that basically they're clearly planned to play even Kunku and there's a lot of sounds coming out from Fabrizio Romano today whether, you know, that Ivan Tony's been linked in January, but apparently they're going to try and protect the players they have, not try and, you know, just go for a new strike and protect Jackson, protect players like that. And they're going to bring in, maybe bring in Brozier and that will help. You know, and Kunku's going to be back in, in December. We've got a really, really tough run of fixtures in November. Teams might be outside by then. We've got to start learning. We've got very good favourable next fixtures. Well, Villa at home is a tough one. And then we've got, uh, I think it's Fulham away and then Bur- Burnley at home away. After that, we have very, very, very tough fixtures. So we need to get as many points as we can and start getting some rhythm before the big games come because we don't score goals against the next three fixtures. I mean, we coming up defence like, you know, you know, really difficult defences like your Arsenal's and your your Newcastles and your Man City, it's going to be tough to score goals anyway. So we've really got to solve it ASAP, really. Sorry, Chris, did you want to talk about formation? I think that's quite interesting. Well, how the formation was changed. So did that help us all? Or? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't, I think, if you look at where we're, the average positions for the, for the other games, right. everyone's kind of in the same place. Yeah, but we've got Mudrick obviously playing. Yeah, like that, that connection was... You could clearly see that Chilwell was way too far back, or you would argue that Mudrick was too far forward, whichever one you want to claim. Yeah. Um, but I think Mudrick was really good in the game. Um, and I think he was really offensive. But like the average positions show that we basically were playing three at the back because 
um, Gusto was pushed up so far. I mean, he was ahead of the midfield, basically, um, or in line with it. And I think if you look back at the games against like Luton um, and like Nottingham Forest, it was exactly the same thing. So although it looked like, again, like we're playing 4-2-3-1, because Colwell's there at left back, he doesn't push on enough. So I, it it doesn't look like we're playing, I would say, like a true 4-2-3-1 with like, you know, good overlapping wing backs. Because I think Mudrick was quite isolated on the left a lot of the times when he got the ball. He did really well to connect with Jackson, obviously, when he comes inside. But he always has to come back because that's where Colwell is. He's not overlapping, taking defenders away. And I think he really, it, Sterling benefits a lot more from that on the right-hand side because Gusto does push forward. So I think there's an aspect of the formation that isn't helping on that left side as much as um, we think. And I think if you look at the average positions, you can see it because Colwell is basically playing next to Silver. So I think when they want to build up in a three at the back, that, that you can either, there's obviously lots of ways of doing it, you can either drop the midfielder deep, which um, would have been, I guess, a good trick we yesterday could have done that. But I think what Posh prefers and what stops counterattacks better, in his opinion, is to build up in a three with the three centre backs like they have set up there. Um, so that's how he wants to do it at the moment, which is why I guess on average positions it's a bit skewed and more central for Colwell. Whereas actually, when we're attacking, he actually does end up. Um, on the left-hand side there a bit. And also Enzo plays much higher up on that left side than Conor Gallagher does on the right when we're in attacking phase. So, um, Gallagher gets more central in the box, whereas um, Enzo sort of helped Mudrick and Jackson on that left side. Probably in a position where, again, I don't think Enzo is looks great in. I, I actually think the formation yesterday is sort of more looked like a 4-3-3 than a 4-2-3-1. Mm, yeah, with, I agree. With, I think that... I don't think that suited Enzo. Like him and Gallagher were basically doing the same thing. Yeah. And it was just really, it just did not work at all. And he got so lost in the game. Enzo, he didn't know if he was coming or going. No one was running beyond the striker. I find that very peculiar in the setup is this is what happens when you pick slow. You know, our team is going to look really good if we're controlling the game and playing really high up. Then you get the best out of Enzo and Gallagher because they're not fast runners. When Bournemouth pressed us so high, they're having to come back a lot. And then because they're so slow, they're never going to be able to catch back up with Jackson and, and go beyond him and create space. So the whole thing just didn't work for me. It, it just looked awful. And you could see it with like, they're so disjointed in, in a lot of the attacks as well. It was all, there's so many times where we got the ball and we're running forward and someone just picks the wrong pass because they're trying to play it really early because they're not pushing, because they're not quick enough to get forward. Um, but yeah, there was just lots of problems with the midfield. I think it didn't didn't look good. Wrong personnel choices, but he's limited with what he can do, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say who could who could have played centre well, mid. Maybe, we maybe Mark, to, you know, I would have actually would have played Palmer in there. I think he could have been quite helpful. And you know, if you really wanted to put some pace in, you could have opted for Martin. And the game maybe would have allowed for a lot more pace because it was really open. Yeah, I don't know whether I would have gone with that personally, but yeah, it definitely would have been an option. Let's talk temperatures. Time to see whose form's on top, who's heating up, whose temperatures dropped, who's been playing well and who's not. It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot.
I'll, I'll first I'll start temperatures by saying I don't have a boiling hot. So, I've got one. I mean, I guess everyone's is going to say Sanchez, but the you know the there is no boiling hot for this game. I think when your goalie's boiling hot, that that's not that's not a boiling hot, is it? <laughs> no, it's not yeah. good. <laughs> Who's first this week? Craig, why don't you go first? Okay, I'll go freezing cold, and uh, I'm afraid Nicholas Jackson. <laughs> your, yes. your time, your time has come to be in the freezer. It's uh, it's a familiar position to be in the freezer for us. Kai Havertz featured there uh, on a number of occasions last season. was a was a regular right at the back of the freezer. Um, Nicholas Jackson, it's your first visit into the freezer. You know, you, you you've had a you know a tough trip to in in Africa playing for Senegal, and you know I'm I'm sure you're exhausted. But yeah, I didn't see anywhere near the the energy that I was seeing. In the preseason, I thought he played with more energy in the preseason game against Brighton and Newcastle than he did in the game yesterday against Bournemouth. And like I said, obviously, it's obviously this international break. It's not ideal to come back to fly back and and not train or train for a day or two and then have to play another game. Um, but you know, it needs to be better than that. You're leading the line for Chelsea. We don't have any options behind you. You know, the, the literally. He has to play striker for us yesterday for 90 minutes because there's literally no one else. I mean, we didn't even have uh, but um, Mason Burstow on the bench. So there's, there's no there's no other players to play. So yeah, he knew he was playing 90 minutes and he looked like a player that didn't have 90 minutes in the tank and was sort of pacing himself for to last it. Um, and yeah, we need better than that up front. So um, it's a shame because I do think you know he, he deserved more goals and he's played really well overall. But yeah, it's your first trip to the freezer, Nick. He was in the he was in the freezer for me and Brady, I think. Two weeks. Yeah, it's a second trip, mate. You're still in the freezer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what? Well, here's a good stat. Well, not a good stat for Jackson, but he's uh, got four yellow cards so far. So if he gets another one, he's suspended. Yeah. I mean, you wish those stats were reversed. So he's got four goals and one yellow card. I don't think. I think <laughs> he's got four yellow cards and he hasn't committed a foul yet. I think that's correct. I think Spy asked that in the Poch presser afterwards. It's all for dissent, basically. Asking for cards, so I really, really, really need to stop that. Um, well, if he yeah. gets suspended before Broge is fit, we're in big yeah. trouble. I mean, with, Jack- with Jackson, I mean, the, the, I, I agree that it, I would put him in the freezer as well if Craig didn't, but I think it's one goal in five. That's not really good enough. That's not what we're looking for. That's nine goals. If, if by the end of the season, if he carries on like this, we need more goals from him from that than that. And uh, not even that, probably be more like eight goals. Sorry. Um, bit of poor maths there, but basically. He clearly linked up really well with Nkunku, but Nkunku's not there. He's got to find a way to adapt, you know. He's got to find a way to link up with players, be stronger, be the player that we need him to be. I do think we're asking him to do things maybe he's not capable of at the moment. I think he's maybe needs to chop up. I feel in the last pub of play, maybe we need to chop up his minutes a little bit. We're relying on Brozier coming back to help out with that. But at the moment, it looks... Again, he came back the international break. He's come back from Africa. He's probably very tired, but yeah, it was not a good game for him. And it's a couple of bad games for him in a row. And... One goal in five, he needs a goal. And when a striker needs a goal, it's never, it's kind of, a, you can get in like kind of earner territory a little bit where he can go on and on and on. So he needs a goal ASAP, really, just to get his confidence up. But yeah, yeah, tough times for Nick at the moment. Brady, do you want to go next? Well, for me, I'll be honest, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a tale as old as time. It's just the attack. I'm just going to keep the attack in there. I mean, I know we're still looking for a sponsor. We should probably ring up North Face or Patagonia and just because the whole tuck is pretty much in the freezer. It's Fermos FC. 
just you could give them skis, not football boots, and try and score a goal, see if that works. Try and snowball it in. At the moment, and one goal a game, not good enough. That's that's but that's Luton form one goal a game. We need more. The only player that I think can have a cheat code out of the freezer is Raheem Sterling. The rest of them are all in there. We can talk about injuries and all that. Got to take some personal responsibility to score some goals. They were scoring goals in training. They do it every day, four, four days a week, put it in the net. Pretty simple. I mean, even poor teams, like, you know, if they put a team like Leicester last year that got relegated, scores still goals. It's conceded loads. It's not like the defence is shipping loads of goals, like I said earlier. Our defence is basically, I think, a top four, top six defence. We need to score more goals. And this, this attack are just going to be in the freezer for a while until they sort it out. I think it's... Um, if one goal a game, not good enough, and that's it. Simple as that. Yeah, completely agree. Um, no, yeah, no contest for me on that. Yeah, I think you nailed it. In the freezer for me, Enzo Fernandez. Ooh, Christ. Absolutely appalling. That's actually the SER first, isn't it? He's, he's, we thought he'd be boiling hot the whole season, but he was absolutely yeah, atrocious. He, he he just, just, a 14 hour flight later, and he, one day of training, and suddenly he's, he's looking rubbish. Well, that's his job, isn't it? Um, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll take his salary and I'll do it. Um, no expected goals, no expected assists, four progressive passes. I mean, that is appalling for anyone's standard. That's the sort of, that's sort of numbers you get off the bench. He had half the. He had no key passes. He had half the passes into the last third than Uga Chukwu. I mean, what what was he doing? Or what was he? It's completely absent in the game. I mean, I I really don't know what he was up to. How he lasted eighty minutes was beyond me. Mudrick, who was actually involved in the game and created like a few good chances, he was subbed off twenty minutes before Enzo, who literally did absolutely nothing. For 80 minutes it's crime that he lasted that long um and yeah awful awful performance just when he doesn't play well we don't play well and uh yeah bad sorry i i, I wouldn't say it's an awful awful performance i wouldn't go quite that far he, he wasn't at his best enzo yesterday for sure it was a, a disappointing game for him um Obviously, come... set the bar too high for me. Set the bar so high, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah, I, I, I do think obviously, uh, you know, you don't want to give players excuses, but these these international breaks for these South American players is is absolutely brutal. Being coming back and expected to play, um, you know, two days later, I, I do think we're going to encounter that a lot as well. I said this in the last pod. I know Chris, you weren't, weren't here as well, but if we're going to recruit these South American players. I think you can have to take some of this um with it as well it's you, you know i know for, certainly when i come back um off a long-haul flight and i fly to the west coast of america or whatever and i come back i certainly wouldn't want to be playing 90 minutes of football in bournemouth and um, the day after especially if i'd played two 90 minutes for argentina um you know in the week or the few days before so i don't want to give enzo an excuse but i do think it's a i do think the the, the football association here and and Football in general, they're asking these players to, to do a lot, um, f- for sure, physically. Yeah, I mean, it's Enzo's on football, but it's his first time he's got an orange, not a green. So I'm not going to get on Enzo too much. But I do think that it's a problem where, like Craig said, if you're playing him left 10, I do not see many goals in Enzo Fernandez. I might be proved wrong. I know Chris uh, 
me, you, and our dad, your dad were bantering at Wimbledon and he scored a tap-in. But I don't... I would take the under on Enzo getting five goals this year in the Prem. Uh, I don't think he's got many goals in him. Um, especially... he, he, scored on his, uh, he scored on the international break as well, if that helps. Yeah, but that doesn't count for us, does it? I mean, let's be honest. He's, he's not playing. He's not always playing great opposition. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think Enzo, fantastic player, but like Craig said on the pod yesterday, he's better kind of a bit deeper, just a little bit deeper, more of an eight, kind of an advanced six, just doing a bit of everything, like tidying things up, keeping us ticking. He isn't a De Bruyne, he isn't even a Gundogan, like I, I mentioned in the pod last week. He, he hasn't got enough goals in him. He's got some progressive passes, but we need... We need a, uh, maybe a Carney back or getting Kunku fit. We need a proper 10, maybe start starting uh, Cole Palmer in a 10. We need more goals in midfield because at the moment we're looking really dusty for goals in midfield. Okay, background, warming up. Yeah, I mean, war- warming up even is a, is a struggle, but I'll go with Malagusto because I think when we, we signed him, he sort of was a smaller player, young right back. I'd seen, I guess, um, YouTube videos and clips of him where we're seeing assists and, and good stuff going forward. And sort of, I was expecting sort of a, a work in progress defensively and a good attacking player, young player, lots of energy. But he's completely actually the opposite of that. Um, he's actually struggles a bit in the last third. I don't think he's actually the most creative or, or, or good player in the last third at all. But actually, defensively, he's absolutely fantastic one on one. I think he's a, he's a cracking defender and, and what a prospect he is as well. Um, Gusta, I, I like his mentality on the pitch. He works really hard, got up and down. I think actually Posh said after the game yesterday that he the fullbacks got a bit too far forward and sort of that really hurt us in counter attack. Um, yeah, and, he, did, he, did, he, did, he did say that. Yeah, and I think he's referring basically to Gusto. I think who went a bit rogue at points. It's obviously harder with these younger guys um, tactically sometimes because they want to force the game but also like the structure of the team's important as well and, and it was allowing Bournemouth to counter and create chances. But yeah, uh, I thought he played really well um, and yeah, just really impressed with him defensively. Yeah, I mean, I did my FPL team. They got, I mean, uh, if FPL's a bit dusty this week. Not many points going around so a six-point, it was much appreciated. So yeah, definitely will win up for me. Yeah, great, great performance from Gusto. He's so good on the ball, very technical, very skillful. I mean, Reese James will come back into the team, obviously, but it's a shame that Gusto will drop out because I think he's one of been the, one of the form defenders back there. Um, I think he's been really good, and I don't know if you can incorporate him into the team. Maybe play Reese James, James right centre back in a back five or something that might work at some point. But yeah, I mean, he'd be unlucky to be dropped out of the team. I say that much. I think we're missing Reese James's offensiveness as part yeah, of his, we his are. position. Right, we that's are. that's the real, you know, the creativity in our team is pretty poor. So, um, yeah, it's it, it'd be nicer for Gusto get more minutes. Obviously, it's a much more competitive league, so um, maybe the offensive stuff will come. But yeah, it looks looks good. But remember, you know, he's you know, twenty years old. Just come over, huge, huge. Mm. He was injured recently before. He was actually injured before he came to the club. He had quite a long injury of Leon last year. He's doing really well, really good audition for the club. We've got to give these players time. I think in two, three, four, five years, he's going to be a fantastic player. And he's already doing a good job for us. And just coming into a, like a, let's be honest, quite a dysfunctional club. So, yeah, I'm very, I'm very, very pleased with him. He's also a little bit spiky, which I like. I need more people like yeah. that. Yeah, a bit, bit, bit of a bit of oomph about him, which is good. 
Have you got Brady? Have you got? Are you going? Well, I'm not going to give Brady not. If Rob Sanchez, I'm going to give him warming up. Let's throw some stats out there. Four saves, eight out of eight throws, uh, three out of three high claims, which is really good. Thirty-nine out of forty-three successful passes and five accurate long balls. I haven't watched the clip yet. The older rap. The smooth rap video clip on Twitter, but Chris, you've been reading it and you've been comparing him to Edison already. So yeah, I mean, he must he have was, had a good game. Yeah, he was he like he was kicking out some passes um, on the money into like yeah. central midfield. It was breathtaking some of his stuff, and I think when we look, you know, there was a lot of talk about Kepa going and Sanchez coming in, like for like this guy's miles better than Kepa. Yeah. Um, he's his goalkeeping is is fine. He, he remember got he hasn't been playing for a year really. Um, getting back into the swing of things, can playing consistently. He looks. I mean, he was really good in the league cup. I know it was, but he was just getting finding his form, and he's looking really good. He is. I I feel bad for him to be on the losing team or not losing team, but in the team that didn't win because he was he actually created lots of good good opportunities for us to really do something in the last third with his passing and. Um, I think I think also goalkeepers as well. I mean, a Man United have had a terrible start to the season, but Niners have been looking really dodgy, and he's got this good distribution. You know, buying goalkeepers is a bit is a bit of a quagmire. I mean, we could have got the keeper from AC Milan, but I mean, Sanchez is doing a good job, and if he can do eight out of ten most week, warming up most weeks and playing pretty well, I don't think he's the best shot stopper in the world. But who is sort of thing? Unless you go to the real elite in terms of Allison and Ellison players at land. If, the main thing of him is height. If he, it, because from corners, sometimes we look a bit iffy. If he's coming out and dominating and catching the ball, he's just got a complete breath of fresh air from the Akepas of the world. So, yeah, I think he's a good goalkeeper. And I think if he can... Ch- and at the moment, we're only con- he's only conceded four goals from open play at the moment. Uh, if we kept that going, he'd only concede four, 30 goals from open play over the season. That's pretty good. That's, that, that'll get you in the top four, that, that, that kind of uh, goalkeeper, that kind of defence. So, he's doing pretty well. And, I, um, yeah, pretty happy with him. One thing I'll say about him is I think he will make a few mistakes and the pro cost us a few goals. Um, but I think coming out and claiming crosses and stuff and his passing, it's worth so much more. Um, and it's, you know, I, I said it before, he's set up a few good chances for us with his, yes. when he's catching stuff and throwing it out and his passing. So it's important that we recognise his strong attributes and I think it will really come as the season goes on, I think it will come into fruition. And I really like his personality as well. I think he's got a fantastic personality. He's another one who's a little bit spiky. He's got a bit of cockiness about him. I think it's, he's really good. I guess warming up for me would just be Sanchez. Again, I, I agree. I think Sanchez is, is a good good choice for warming gonna, up. If you're going to say him, I think special mention to Leslie Okuchukwu. I think he did pretty well coming in. Uh, 85% pass accuracy, two out of two successful dribbles, three out of three long balls. We've got a good player there coming from coming from Ren for 23 million or whatever it was. I think we've got a good player there. And I mean, I think we've got a backup number six. It's really good that we kept him around. I think he played pretty well. You know, he's, you know, he's still a very young player. And for these players to be playing well and showing showing a bit of heart, showing a bit of leadership, showing a bit of um, character in this kind of stuttering team is good. And it's very, 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 very well for the future. And I think he could be a really, really good player in the future. So, um, yeah, I think Leslie was pretty good. Just a little special mention there. I thought we should mention him. Yeah, I agree. I thought he, he had a really good game. And got to remember, he's 19 years old. I mean, it's yeah, pretty yeah. ridiculous to be to be chucked in there. Obviously, Caicedo came back too late um, from international duty to play, even which I found surprising considering you know he did play. I know it was only two days before, but can't get him back in time to play for a game yeah, on yeah. Sunday. I thought that was really disappointing. 
Um, I don't know if there's some sort of hidden injury that they're uh, that they're going to reveal this week or not to add to our uh, to add to our pile. But yeah, um, yeah, he did really well. Yeah, you've got to look at the human aspect. I mean, Leslie probably didn't even know he, he might not have been known he was playing on Sunday morning, and then he gets he gets uh, the call from Potts he's going to play. And yeah, I think to step in like that and play well, we didn't win the game. It's not good vibes around Chelsea at the moment, but you've got to take your little your little positives where you can. And I think we, he's done very well since he's come in personally. Yeah, absolutely. And just as a macro point as well, Brady, um, <laughs> I just thought I'd say that you know it's important that us as fans, obviously we we, ha- we were really patient with Potter last year, but like these kids that have come in that were so excited to play for Chelsea, a lot of them have done interviews, so excited to come and play for Chelsea. We're not doing very well at the moment as a team results-wise, but let's not get on these kids' backs like straight away. Yeah. Like uh, it's, it's important to get behind them. They, you know, they're trying their best out there. I 100% believe that. Um, so yeah, I think you know the results are not what we want, but we must as fans not get on 19-year-old, 20-year-old players' backs because that's on the the board and how they've set up the structure of this team. You know. We we yeah. shouldn't. They're relying on these players to to develop and what, whatever. So I don't think you know it's fair that that us as fans get on the the players individually. Hundred percent agree. I think Ugochuk. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't put my woman up. I thought he was okay, um, but I think he could be a bit part player for us this season. I think his height could come in as a big advantage, maybe as a substitute. But um, yeah, I, th- I assume he'll break out on loan next season. Oh boy, in heart. No way, that's not allowed. You, you got boiling hot. It's, it's a joke, one obviously. <laughs> well, then yeah. who's your boiling hot? Boiling hot is it's the Chelsea fans. They're they're they're, they're hot headed. All hot headed at the moment. I think it's from last season. You've still got hangover from. It's like you've gone on the biggest night out of your life. It was horrible. All these horrible memories. You still got hangover. We're already booing the manager. Chilwell's getting abuse. They're calling him all this. The captain who just come on, he was injured. Ben Chilwell signed the contract when we were rubbish, like when a lot of players jumped shipped. Chelsea fans need to chill out a little bit. A little bit of context. We sold 15 players this summer, bought in 10. We have a completely new manager. Uh, we have an average age of 23. We've got a mass injury list. And we've got a manager trying to settle in. Look, we might not go top four this season. And, that's, and historically as a club, that is not good enough. But you've got to see the wood from the trees a little bit. We're building in the long term. You know, they're all in the sauna. They need to go and take a cold ice bath to chill out a little bit. It doesn't help that, you know, every miss pass, boo, 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 attack, attack, attack. They were singing. It's not going to work. This is going to be a long game. And you, as a Chelsea fan, you've got to be in for the long game. So we live in a short-term world where people don't even want to read books anymore. They don't want to do anything. You've got to wait. Well, got to... The books are out. Yeah, you can't. You've got to wait in life. Like, you know, patience is a virtue. We're not going to win the league this year. Probably not, probably not going to get top four this year, let's be honest. But and that's, again, and you know what? That is probably not acceptable. But it is what it is. And, we, you know, we've got a lot of injuries. We've got a young squads. I think in, you know, 24, 2024, 2024, 2026 will be good. And that, that is a painful reality for Chelsea fans to take. But it's a reality, you know? So we've got a bunch of 21 and 22, 23 year olds, a few senior players who are mostly injured anyway. So you have to be patient. Simple as that. So the board chose to to buy these young players. Just like Craig said, you've got to roll with it. You know, they didn't buy Harry Kane. They didn't buy uh, even uh, Madison. We've talked about because he's too old. So that's the board's fault, not the players' fault. So just got to be patient with the team. Simple as that. Could have chucked in Harry Kane though, couldn't we? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, could have, could have. <laughs> I mean, we probably won't even buy a Tony. So, oh, didn't he over the hill when he's twenty-seven? But let's see. We've we've done it. This is the it's the long game, isn't it? We get Levy to sell him to to Tuchel at Bayern. We've got our connections with Tuchel. He sends sends him here in January. That's the deal. When it's are we going to find our new up. our new Thiago Silva diamond in the rough? He's going to be knocking out good performances when he's in the thirty-eight. I do think as well, with Poch as well, Poch has historically not always started that well. He didn't start that well with Tottenham. He didn't start that well with Southampton. He takes a bit of time to get going, Poch. So I think maybe the second half of the season, when we get the hard fixes out of the way and we get Nkunku back and we can actually start, we should actually start cooking, but probably be too late for top four then. But I think things will improve. I think this is the low point, hopefully. But just need a bit of patience. I mean, if we're still playing like this in January or whatever, fine. But it's, it's, it's September, man. Just chill out a bit. Yeah, I 100% agree. Okay, let's move from the chiller to being chilled out to the quiz. <laughs> Questions about the blues, so you don't lose the beat, a few clues, correct answers only, it is what it is. It's time for the ESCR quiz. The quiz guys, you ready? Yeah, someone's got to win this week. Chelsea couldn't. We got someone's got to win though. No draws. I think Chris is. Uh, I think he's three 0 down to you. Yeah, he's winless. I might give him a consolation goal this week. Keep his eyes. Uh, here we go. He's he's saying that he's he's, he's going to let you win, Chris. What are you saying? Give him a bit of fighting talk. Uh, well, the last person who I went who I was winning quit, and I won't be quitting. Uh. I'm losing. <laughs> uh. You can't quit. You're trapped. <laughs> Okay. Um, do you want to go first or or not, Chris? It's up to you. I know you, uh, here we go. I, I want it to be on you for the the questions, you know. So I prefer that. Yeah, I'm going to go first. Okay. Yeah. First is first. Seems you should fair. do like a coin toss. Really. Any old edge. Okay. Bournemouth versus Chelsea just played was nil nil. But how many nil nils have there been so far in the Premier League this season? Ooh, this is a good question. Oh, wow. Some praise for the question. I'm going to go for none. Wow, he's done it. Zero nil nil so far this season. Yes, Chelsea versus Bournemouth was the... (laughs) So I'm the only one that's allowed to do the soundboard. (laughs) Soundboard's out of control. Um, Yeah, it was was the first nil nil of the Premier League season. Okay, one nil to Chris. He's putting the pressure on Brady. That's a stitch. I don't know. Are you boys are brothers? That's a stitch. That was a really hard question. He's got it right. I'm just suspicious. I think it's good. We've only, we're, we're only in September. We've only played five game weeks. So it's just trying yeah, to think. Very of, well you, done, Chris. I would not have guessed that. It was, well a, it was a good question and a good answer. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So Chelsea drew 0 0. Obviously, Bournemouth. That was the first 0 of the Premier League season. But when was Chelsea's last 0 0? James Brady. Ooh. Go Chelsea. <laughs> no, it's got about two years. I never think. Yeah, so it's got to be Potter. Potter nil nil. Do we remember? I don't think so. We got bad every game. Um, oh, Potter nil nil. Gonna have to bu- gonna have to push you here. Yeah, I don't know, mate. Uh, no idea. No idea. Passed it on, Chris. Can you tell me? 
I think uh, I just have to guess someone. I can't think. Newcastle. It was not Newcastle. You guys might remember, is it the only game that this guy managed for us, actually? Oh, yeah, God, that game. Uh, I knew it wasn't Lampard. Oh. Did we, Bru- what was the Newcastle score? Bruno, Bruno Saltor was the manager when we drew 0-0. I think, are you talking about the last game of the season, Chris? 1-1. Oh, was 1-1. Oh. Yeah, Bruno yeah. Saltor was the manager on April 4th when we drew 0-0 with Liverpool um, at home. And I think we had about 3xG in that game as well. Yeah, well. <laughs> didn't score. We actually played really well in that game. Um, okay, so Chelsea have got five goals. Question three, Chris, this is for you. Chelsea have got five goals so far in the Premier League this season. Their worst tally since which top flight campaign? Uh, this, is a hard, this is a hard question. Yeah, this is, this is solid. 93? 93 is not correct. James Brady, chance to steal one in. Was that 93 94? You've got to name the actual season. Yeah, 93 94. Yeah. I assume when you say the first, that's the yeah, season. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even start Abramovich era because we usually score quite a lot of goals. Um, well, I don't know. 94, 94, 95. Oh, it's so close. He had a random punt and he's one year away. The, the, the correct answer is 95, 96. Uh, Glenn Hoddle was the manager and Chelsea knew, went on. I, knew, I thought it'd be the Hoddle reign. That's annoying. Chelsea went on to finish 11th. That was actually my first season going to Stamford Bridge. The first game I watched was the first game of the season uh, um, where we played Everton at home and drew 0-0. It's like Chelsea keeping the crossbar. <laughs> Um, speaking of that 95-96 season, James Brady, this is a question for you. So this is number four, yeah? This is number four or five, question four or five. So it's important, like, you guys have... It's only one nil, Chris. This is an important question. Oh, so short Brady, quiz today. Right. Um, the 95... Well, it's short for a reason. I'll explain that in a minute. It won't end up being short. Speaking of that 95-96 season, we made it to the FA Cup semi-final that year. Um and we lost to Manchester United 2-1 with which player scoring Chelsea's goal? 95-96. Yeah, finished 11th in the league, but did make it to the FA Cup semi. Um, bit of hope and optimism to, to build for the future, which is what we ended up building and, and certainly improving. This is our worst season, probably until last season, actually. <laughs> I'm Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes is not correct, but good a good oh. guess. Chris, see if you can get this. I was going to say Hughes. That was going to be my guess. Lock it up if you can. Uh, 90. I would get, I don't know, Spencer? John Spencer is a really good guess as well. He was our top goal scorer that season. I think yeah. with 14, 15 goals, something like that. But the answer is not either of those players it's Rude Hullet who oh, yeah of course he, he, is that, was that at Villa Park it was at Villa Park so oh, I've forgotten he, that he scored a header yeah in the 35th minute 1-0 oh, yeah. up at Villa Park Thought, uh, I, I didn't realise that was a semi-final nightmare that's when we played uh, those semis at neutral grounds for the you know, yeah. you know when we played a team like United we'd always meet in the middle somewhere like Birmingham oh, yeah. which was really good I really like that and also really fair for the 
United fans who had to travel, although a lot of them come from London probably anyway, but the, hey. the, to, to travel from to Birmingham or whatever. But <laughs> um, but yeah, that was uh, that was him that's put his one all up. And then Andrew Cole, not Andy Cole, Andrew Cole equalised and uh, David Beckham got the winner of that game. Yeah, that was played at Villa Park. And that is the home of our next opponents, Aston Villa, which takes us smoothly on to the fifth question, Chris. Um, so you didn't manage to lock it up there. So you need to uh, you need to get this to win this round. Otherwise, it will be a draw if if Brady wins, and one of you will win because we once upon a time beat Aston Villa at home eight nil on the twenty third of December two thousand and twelve. We'll call those the good old days um, when we can score eight goals in a game. Um, we're going to take it in turns to say a scorer from that game, and there are seven of them. So whoever gets to four first wins. Chris, you're going to have an advantage going first here. Someone is going to win this this question. Let's see if you can get me a goal scorer in Chelsea versus Aston Villa 8-0. Didier Drogba. Didier Drogba is not correct. What? What was he doing? Uh, I'll go Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard is correct. One, One matter assist for him in the 58th minute. One matter. One matter is not correct, Chris. Oh, oh that was a lazy answer. I'm, glad got that wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go Ashley Cole. Oh. Ashley Cole is not correct, although he definitely did it's... score against Aston Villa at home in another game, but not in this game. I think you're thinking of the Stoke game for, yeah, for Cole. I mean, I mean... Was... So um... after four guesses, we've only got one goal scorer. One each. Uh, I don't think Chris has got one, has he? No, but I mean, with one each in the total scores, isn't it? No, this is so. Just there's only one point available for this the oh. question. Yeah, I explained how it worked before. Come on, first to four to get one point. Chris, back on you. Um, Oscar. Oscar is correct. Yes. Two goal scorers down out of the seven. So so far we've got Frank Lampard and Oscar, James Brady. Maluda. Florent Maluda is not correct. No. Ramirez. To... Ramirez. He picked up a brace that day. Actually, yeah, I was going to say that. Um, so yeah, he's the only player that scored two goals. The rest are all individual goal scorers. Uh, oh, Solomon Kalou. Solomon Kalou is not correct. Chris, chance to go to three points here. I don't know if you guys are getting the the hint here that maybe it wasn't a, a, all attacker play, attacking players that scored. Yeah, no, no, I am thinking. I'm going to go JT. John Terry is not correct. Oh, James Brady. He's good for a goal. I've got Ivanovic. Branislav Ivanovic, always good for a goal and scored today, on, on that day as well. So 2-2. Two, two. Back to you, Chris. Um, Anelka? Nicholas Anelka is not correct. Have we got to name all the scorers, yeah? Yes, it's first to four. So whoever gets the four scorers first right now, it's 2-2. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're missing some 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 quite easy ones, I think, as well as 
some a couple of slightly harder ones, I guess. The twenty third, the twenty third of December, two thousand and twelve. Oh. Torres, Fernando Torres was one of the goal scorers that day. Scored after three minutes, three two to Brady. Chris Hazard, Edin Hazard with a goal in the eighty third minute. Here we go, starting to reel out some uh, some likely Chelsea goal scorers. I was going to say on the last one. I just forgot. Uh... So we've, we're at 3-3 three, three here. So there's, I believe, one goal scorer left. Yeah, there's one goal scorer left. And if you can get it, you will win. Got to be a defender because you said it was... Uh... David Luiz. Oh, David Luiz, he's done it. He's no! won it 4-3. <laughs> oh, he's going to say Luiz. <laughs> It's a point, and the quiz ends in a draw. Can we end the quiz in a draw? I think we can. It's a I've draw. Got, I, said, I said earlier, uh, someone's oh. got to win. It won't be a draw like Chelsea, but it is. I'll take that. 3-0. <laughs> I'm undefeated. Is it 3-0 or 4-1? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's 3-0. 0-0, <laughs> nil, nil, mate. Crystal <laughs> on a goose egg. Okay. Brutal. Fantastic, guys. Cheers, mate. Love that. Thank you. That was a good one, yeah. Um, thanks very much. That's all we've got time for today. Um, we will be back before the Aston Villa game with a preview of that game. You can catch that later in the week. For more updates on all things ESCR, you can follow us on Twitter or X, it's now known at Eat Sleep Chelsea, and Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat. And as always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening.